Welcome to the Leanne Hart Podcast. Leanne is a mighty servant to God who wears many hats. She is a wife to J.W. Hart, the Iron Man of professional bull riding, a loving mother, and a bucking bull stock contractor alongside of her husband at Hart Cattle Company. But that's not all. She's an inspirational speaker, pastor, singer, songwriter, worship leader, and a beautiful sister in Christ. After the podcast is over, make sure you give it a like and a share, and please subscribe and review this podcast. Without further ado, I introduce you to your host, a true Holy Spirit hustler, a lovely and passionate woman, Miss Leanne Hart. Hey everybody, it's Leanne Hart with Leanne Hart Ministries. Today, I do not have anyone else hanging out with me as I sit here at the house and just kind of hang at my table, but I didn't want to miss out on the opportunity to jump on, share with you guys where I've been in the word, <laughs> observing the world, and I've had a question laid on my heart, and I just can't contain it. <laughs> so it's one of those things where I was like, I'm jumping on here. I want to share. I pray that you guys uh, respond, that you share, that you would kind of, you know, help grow me just as much as I pray that this podcast helps grow you guys. But my question is this, like, what is the church where is the church? Who is the church, right? And and my heart is heavy for the body as we sit here in the world and in America, in this country that we say is so free, and we see so much taking place now that doesn't look like freedom. It doesn't sound like freedom. And being a Christian, being someone who loves Jesus, I can tell you that um, the outcome of being silent about who you are in Christ um, is not good. That's not what the invitation is. There is opportunity for us, those of us that love Jesus, to speak truth in love. And I've been looking over some different things and just thinking about, you know, how like 90 years ago in Germany, like literally during like the 1930s, the church was so silent in the face of so much evil and the question for me literally is like, why? And I understand there was a lot of fear. And even now, even in America right now, we, I feel, are so guilty of the same sort of silence, the same sort of response or non-response. And so I've been writing a bunch of things down and I just want to share this with you. So has God chosen us for something? What's our role? What's our purpose what burden are we supposed to help shoulder? We got to know that if we don't lean on him completely, we're going to fail at whatever we do. You guys know that. Like, you know that when you try to do something on your own and in your own strength, you, you just wear out. And it doesn't matter what it may be. Like, when you're doing it in your own strength, you get just get worn out. You just get tired. And so if we have been chosen, and these are just me throwing questions and thoughts out here. So if you have been chosen to stand against the evil, do you believe it? Not stand with the evil, but stand against the evil, then you better understand what that means. 
And I just have been asking some things like what is, what's at war with God? Because I think we take things so personal, like what's at war in society and in culture and in, in regions and in cities and school systems and all of the things. But really, like if we take this out of perspective and see, we look at what's going on in the world, what's at war with God? And like I said, I've been looking up some things like 90 years ago in Germany, there were death camps, there were there was a murder of millions. If you haven't read any history or seen any documentaries on the Holocaust, go watch it. And in the beginning of what was taking place during that time, they had no idea. The people had no idea what they were facing. No idea the forces of what they were up against with this Antichrist agenda. And I just see it today. I know you guys see it today in, in a very similar light. But even worse than what it may have been 90 years ago. And are we taking it serious enough? Or do we just see this as something harmless, like it's going to pass? It's not passing. It's like the story about the frog in the pan on the stove. And it's barely any heat. And the frog kind of hops about. But before you know it, because the heat starts getting worse, the frog is so weak. And cannot get out of the heat. There's so much going on in the world. There's this critical race theory stuff. This literally this atheistic, narcissistic, <laughs> radical, transgender, and pro-abortion ideology stuff that are so like every bit of this is anti-God. It's and it's also anti-human. I mean, dead gum. Whose plan is it to end life as we know it anyway? The devil. The devil wants to end life. And these ideas are at war with those ideas. The enemy's ideas are at war with God's plan. At war with family, marriages, whether or not America's really being good enough, the freedom of speech, spreading the gospel and spreading the gospel values, the good news, like God's plan for so many things. And listen, in the, in, the, in the history of histories, you'll see governments just like Hitler and Stalin that were manipulating society into thinking that they were fighting for or in the name of the people. Can you really say you love God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul and not fight for his kids? Fight for what he loves? Lives, heartbeats, futures. Literally, like there's so much on the line right now. God calls us and invites us to do something, to literally respond. And he gives us the choice. And we don't have to respond, but I think we can look around and see several things that have taken place because there hasn't been a response. People don't even believe they've been made or created in the image of God. Do you? Do you believe you've been made in the image of God? If so, are you free? Are you unchained? Are you unbound? Are you no longer a slave to fear like the song? America is isn't special because people made it free. 
America's special because pioneers, patriarchs, people chose to let God birth this blessing of freedom through them. Freedom cost. Freedom cost them to leave their comfort. Freedom started with faith, believing that there was something better. Something better. It's easier to ignore God than to rise to fulfill it. That's, that's true for everyone listening to this. I know for myself, it's been easier for me to like ignore God <laughs> than to like trust him. To live in ignorance sometimes, like literally. But to live in ignorance of ignoring it, that call on your life, will literally breed consequences of pain that will overwhelm generations to come. So what is the church? Like, (laughs) it's one thing to say, I am a Christian. But what does it mean to be a Christian? And you see so many beautiful things that unfold, like the Old Testament, right? In the Old Testament, God sent prophets to call the people of God to be the people of God, not to just boast about being the chosen, not just about being titled or entitled, but actually how they lived. And I'm not saying that everyone in the Old Testament had it all together. You guys know that didn't happen. There was bad prophets, bad priests, all the things. For the last 2,000 years, God has sent prophetic people to do the same thing. To the people of God, but do the people of God actually know how to be the church? Know how to be the hands and feet of Jesus? I believe the call literally is to go so public with your faith, like stop hiding in the shadows I mean, that's the great commission. I'm sitting here with my Bible open right now. And Jesus is saying in Matthew 28, verses 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always even to the end of the age. What was the great commission from Jesus to go into the world? But the people of God, we today, we still do this. We downsize and we go back into the shadows. It's like we go back into hiding. We go back into this fear where we allow this fear to literally blanket us. It's like this manipulative, fake, counterfeit security. It's not even real. And if Jesus came to give life so we could could and literally like could give life and live more abundantly through him whose idea is it to take life well it's not god's idea to take innocent life you can't tuck the god of truth into some carved out corner to fit your own religious agenda people have tried i mean like look at look at the past would the jesus of the bible encourage you to only express your faith on a sunday or in a certain building (laughs) maybe they wrote that thought and I thought okay it's so like the thought here that you can't put baby in the corner but you can't put baby Jesus in the corner he was never meant to stay in a manger that wasn't the point and Jesus didn't say go into the building and speak to the walls during a few hours of the day on a few on a certain day of the week and when you leave remember the outside authority 
your under is now all authority. And that's the secular society culture. That's just not true. And so there's a promise and you see it and it's a good one. And, and, and he tells us that in Acts 1, Jesus is talking to his guys before he goes to be with the father. And he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes up on you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The commission is to take what you get and give, to not withhold, to give it back. And I was looking at scripture. I'm turning in my Bible right now to 1 Corinthians 6. And just the thought of how so often like we withhold the freedom of Jesus as, oh, well, God said to go to, to church on Sunday or on a Wednesday. And, and that's where I can be free. I can, And that's just not the truth. You go to get from the church, from the preacher, from the teacher. You get what you get and you go give it. That great commission is to take what you're getting and go and give it. It's not for you. It's for the body. It's for you to get it, get some good stuff, and then go by faith and give it away. Because the walls are going to be there. They can't go anywhere. They're built with earthly materials and they can't, they don't have a mouth on them. And I think about if these walls could talk, but they can't talk. So, so you don't go to the church house just to speak to the walls and have a little bit of freedom with inside those walls, but, but we're being confined to that in society. And, 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 and God even reminds us in first Corinthians six and go read it. If you get a chance, it's such a great, it's such a great read, but it, we're reminded that when we're dealing with Christian stuff, we have a mediator and his name is Jesus. We should not even have to go to a secular court for it. And just because things are lawful and okay, as it says here, you say in verse 12 of chapter 6, 1 Corinthians six twelve, you say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. There's a lot of freedom in America, but that doesn't mean that that freedom is profiting kingdom. The freedom can profit your flesh way more and things might be lawful, but are they profitable for kingdom? Are you somehow somebody who thinks about what benefits you first, what you benefits your family? And then, and then we'll talk about what could benefit God. And, and literally like religious liberty in America doesn't mean worship privately. I mean, look around. There is freedom in America to exercise every single thing that you believe in or at least it has been. But if you look around, there's all there's also this pressure to not worship freely. They want to, um, the secular world literally doesn't have a problem um, being loud and proud, but they want us as Christians to shut up. There's so many people that died for our freedom to scream and be proud of our relationship with Jesus. These very freedoms is not only what makes you a Christian, but it also makes you an American. It's one thing to be Christian or American, but it's another thing to live Christian and American. Literally, I, I was reading this in this book, and I, I just wanted to like look at it because it was so good. And, and it was talking about this guy named William Wilberforce. He was like this guy who was anti-slavery. He had started some different schools. He was in a royal society, literally for the prevention of cruelty of animals and animal welfare. 
And I've not done my homework on that, so I don't think it's like backed by PETA or anything. Bear with me for a second. But just literally, like, animal cruelty was a, a bad thing. But anyway, as I was reading about him and literally about, like, his passion, um, I kind of got carried away because it says, like, literally, like, in his day, um, he was told to keep his faith private. He was told that his religious view that slavery was wrong didn't have any place in the in in the big world, the big wide world of of life, um, that it was literally like a scandal uh, that a man would bring his religion into some public atmosphere, public place, like he would dare to impose his views through the laws of the land. But it was Wilburton that knew his religious views about slave his, his religious views. Now, hear me about slavery were only religious to those who didn't like them many of whom were making some mega profit from the evil crap that was taking place in slave trade so we think we thank god right that he did not let those that william did not allow the naysayers the negative the distractors to persuade him to keep his mouth shut he also had no doubt that it was the duty of everyone who dared identify as a member of the church to join him he prayed and pleaded with people in the body of christ to join him and he was found that it was a lonely place to be so I look at that and I'm like, it's really not that different today. We've been given so much freedom, right? Like literally in America, we're so spoiled. Like look around, which leads me to think this. Like, so why don't we feel freedom to speak in public? Why don't you feel freedom to speak in public or go more public in your faith? What is it? What are the things that keep you bound? And do we as the church view the church, view the truth of God, the Bible, Jesus, to still be able to be Applied. Is it applicable for today? What is the stopping force? How has it happened? How have so many been persuaded to be silent? Others weren't so easily persuaded. So why are we, why are church leaders silent today? Listen, we should be in the word of God, learning to even Vote the way we need to vote. People from the platforms, our spiritual leaders should be leading us in a direction to say, this is right, this is wrong. What good ever came from being silent about Jesus? <laughs> when we don't say what needs to be said on live, on, in our lives, like literally, and live our lives the way that God says to live, what is that doing? Our total freedom as a child of God in private or in public, is non-negotiable. Truth can't be contained. You can put it up on that shelf, and you can try to categorize how to define it, and others can try to do that. But I got to share that I don't feel like see how how did I word this I had this thought earlier like I don't feel like 
the importance is in compromises that came from the church. I feel like it's like the timing. Like I think sometimes we word things differently. I don't feel like the important the timing is the importance of when these compromises came into the church. I believe it's more like why. I think sometimes we focus on these details that don't really matter. When these things started to happen, that's one thing. But I want to know why. Why did they allow them in these unchristian, un-American ideas? And why are we surrounding or surrendering and sur- submitting? Why are we surrendering and submitting to these things today? Who calls us to our post, our positions, our purposes, our platforms? Jesus. Jesus does. I had looked up another scripture to just back up the whole thing where it's like, follow me, follow me. What do we do? What do we do? And Jesus is the one that calls us to follow him. It says in John 12, I'm turning to my Bible right now. You can hear my pages going. It says Jesus in John 12, 26. Anyone who wants to be my disciple must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. So, do you advise to avoid trouble? Divert and distract from point of problem? Just so that person may not get, quote, canceled? When, you, when your blessing becomes comfort then maybe it's time to take inventory. Comfort can also be very conforming. What image, into what image bear have we become? The greater position and authority, the greater expectation. Our founders had this crazy, heroic faith. I love thinking about what they did for us. That they saw the need to be the front lines Though way pavers. Many people didn't have that when they started their faith. And I get it. And some had it. And some lost it. But we all have a list of reasons. We all have a list of excuses for why our reasons behind our whys. That's absolutely, there's nothing new. That's nothing new under the sun right there. Why we can't do this. Why we shouldn't do that. It's like leaders often don't want to step out of bounds. And some of you are saying, well, I'm not a leader. I'm just a mom. I'm just a dad. I'm just a brother. I'm just a sister. I'm just a this. I'm just a whatever. You're a leader. You're always in a position to listen, lead, be taught, or go teach at all times. And often leaders don't want to step out of bounds. And the bounds, a lot of times, the boundary lines that fall in pleasant places that we don't want to step out of have nothing to do with God. They're not lines that are drawn by God, but lines that are drawn by man. Man says, clean hands, clean heart. God says, clean heart, clean hands. If your heart's clean, so will your hands be. God expects those who have a voice to speak for those who don't. There is a force that desires to crush you, and it's not so new wine will come from it. It's so they can manufacture They can manipulate, they can twist, they can conform, they can weaken you, 
And they do not want you to go to your source to get your strength. They want you to go to a system. A couple of my favorite quotes, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. God will not hold us guiltless. I love those words. Not to speak is to speak. There's conversations that we don't have with our family, our husbands, our kids, because we're afraid we'll be rejected. We're, we're afraid of how to even conduct it. And I just want to encourage you right now, write your thoughts down. Write your questions down. You've got to get real to heal. The enemy doesn't want you to ask the hard things. The enemy doesn't want you to engage in things that might cause issues in your house. The enemy doesn't want you to question anything. The enemy wants you to conform to the patterns of this world. Why? Because that's where his influence is most stout. He stinks in that place. But to someone who's living in sin, it's, it's inviting. It gives a place of comfort. But the Lord says, so here's what I want you to do. I'm reading this out of the message version in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embrace what God does for you is the best thing you could do for Him. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you develops well-formed maturity in you. So, just want to challenge you to ask yourself, how dedicated am I to God, to my relationship with God? Is He my go-to? What does it mean to be the church? What does it mean to live as a Christian, to live in this freedom If I want to sing about and say that I'm no longer a slave to fear, then that means you're going to test yourself and you're going to do things anyway. And when you do things, trust in in putting yourself in a place where only God can show up. And if he doesn't show up, that's on him. That's not on you. But where you're completely dependent upon him. You have full faith in his word, full trust in in his hands because God is a kind God, but he is not a soft God. So I pray that you guys took this in. You take a minute to uh, listen to it. Just know that like if you're silent on this, silence is not an option. God calls us to stand on his promises, to go public with our faith to not live in the shadows, to not live in fear, to stand for those who can't stand for themselves, to be the voice for those who don't have a voice, to raise up this generation. 
not in fear, but in faith in what Jesus Christ has already done. Not what he's going to do, what he's done. And if you believe that, then allow what he has done, because you are his equipment, to move through you. Even when you're nervous about it, even when you're uncertain if your words are going to come out right, even then. You guys be blessed. I hope you enjoy this. I hope it speaks to somebody. I hope you're encouraged. I hope, I hope that you hear the voice of the Father. Let him stir up in you. Let his truth uproot some lies. In Jesus' name. All right, guys. We'll talk soon again. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. And if you have any questions about the podcast or questions for Leanne, please check out her website at leannehartministries.com. That's L-E-A-N-N-H-A-R-T ministries.com. If you'd like to book Leanne, you can do that for your services or event. And you can go to bookings on leannehartministries.com. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to connect with Leanne, you can do that by reaching out on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, as well as leannehartministries.com.